chapter two part one of the spanish conquerors by irving burdine richmond this librivox recording is in the public domain columbus and new lands for my purpose holds to sail beyond the sunset and the baths of all the western stars it may be we shall touch the happy isles tennyson ulysses among the sojourners in spain prior to fourteen ninety two there was a genoese by name christopher columbus he was tall and well built of dignified mien with red hair and beard a long ruddy face clear gray eyes and aquiline nose to inferiors his manner was exacting and brusque to equals it was urbane and to superiors it was courtly his figure showed to advantage whereof he was not unduly aware and he evinced a taste for yellow in beads and for crimson and scarlet in caps cloaks and shoes unlike the spaniards whom he was to lead columbus was not in disposition primitive he had no relish for blood and suffering he was however proud with a measure of austerity and he was highly romantic and strikingly devout his most signal powers and they were signal indeed were moral powers in patience endurance tenacity energy will powers which far more than those distinctively intellectual make for greatness the world has rarely known his equal imagination too he possessed rich and ardent and it rendered him poetic eloquent and persuasive but just as he possessed the qualities named so likewise he possessed the defects of them he was masterful and imaginative but his masterfulness tended to ungenerousness and his imagination to vagary and mischievous exaggeration nor was this all his moral powers were largely determined in exercise by two positive principles of action which were undeniably sinister vanity and cupidity and under stress of these he became at times dissimulating boastful and crafty it is probable however that the sinister in him has by recent writers been somewhat over magnified throughout everything he was sincerely and enthusiastically religious to him as to others of machiavellian strain the end justified many means but not all though among the justified means were those of guile according to the findings of the most recent scholarship christopher columbus the eldest in a family of four sons and one daughter was born at genoa on a date between august twenty sixth and october thirty one fourteen fifty one his grandfather probably and his father certainly was a wool dealer and weaver and the latter at one time also conducted a wine shop none of his progenitors had place or rank and his sister married a cheesemonger there were other persons in europe in his time of the sobriquet columbus one of whom william of casseneuve was a corsair and vice-admiral of france under louis eleven and with these 
christopher columbus about fifteen hundred and one sought to indicate relationship by the remark that he was not the first admiral in his family but the claim so far as can be ascertained was wanting in foundation the education of christopher was of the most elementary sort it consisted merely of what was provided by a school maintained by the weavers guild of the town of his birth in a little street called pavia lane how meagre his first advantages were appears in the fact that at no time in life did he assume to write his mother tongue italian not even when addressing the bank of st george in genoa we have seen that as a man columbus was both vigorous of body and imaginative of mind for him therefore as a lad in genoa the genoa of our travellers rabbi benjamin marco polo and ibn battuta to develop a taste for the sea was more natural than not in fact he tells us that from his fourteenth year he was accustomed to embark on ships but in fourteen seventy two when he was twenty-one years old he declared before a notary that he was by trade a weaver we may suppose then that up to this period his seafaring was tentative or in the nature of a youth's adventures thereafter it became more and more an occupation in genoa at this time dwelt two noblemen with whom columbus seems to have been on terms of friendship he went with them in fourteen seventy five to the island of chios in the aegean where he obtained a shipment of malmsey wine and became familiar with mastic in fourteen seventy six the two noblemen embarked on a voyage to england and again columbus accompanied them in a flotilla for it was a voyage of importance which consisted of five armed merchantmen when they were off cape st vincent who should appear but the corsair and french vice-admiral william of casseneuve alias columbus between the genoese vessels and those of louis eleven there straightway ensued a desperate struggle in the end ships on both sides took fire and the crews leaped overboard columbus of genoa the future discoverer leaped with others and being fortunate enough to be picked up was landed on the portuguese coast near lisbon wounded drenched and exhausted such in august fourteen seventy six was the advent of columbus in portugal an advent certainly fortuitous if not miraculous as he terms it from lisbon columbus continued in december his interrupted voyage to england stopping probably at bristol and it would seem that he even adventured into the seas toward iceland i sailed he says as quoted by his son ferdinand in the month of february fourteen seventy seven a hundred leagues beyond the island of thule iceland at some period prior to fifteen hundred and three the discoverer had read the latin poet seneca and found the lines in later ages a time shall come when the ocean shall relax its chains when typhus shall disclose new lands and thule shall no longer be earth's bound now columbus took typhus the pilot as his own prototype and to make the identification more complete he may have deemed it well that the discoverer of america should as a preliminary have fared beyond thule 
in the career of columbus portugal was the first turning-point hither he returned in fourteen seventy seven or fourteen seventy eight and here in fourteen seventy nine or fourteen eighty after a trip back to genoa he married this event was the reward of his piety in lisbon there was a convent of the religious order of st jacques called the convent of saints its protégés were bound to vows of chastity conjugal chastity not celibacy and among them was philippa a daughter of two of the noblest of portuguese houses and philippa was beautiful coming daily to the chapel of this convent to make his devotions columbus saw philippa fell in love with her and they were wed to the couple in fourteen eighty or fourteen eighty one a child was born columbus's first son diego at this period too columbus became associated in lisbon with his younger brother bartholomew a prepossessing youth of about nineteen astute of some education and skilled in the art of limbing marine charts the father of philippa columbus was bartholomew perestrello governor of porto santo of the madeira group and it is a firm tradition that at his death in fourteen fifty seven he left to his wife isabel philippa's mother charts and papers which served first to direct columbus's mind toward great projects in the west another tradition long credited then long discredited and now revived was that columbus upon his marriage settled in the island of madeira which is near to that of porto santo and that while he was here a spanish ship which had been driven westward to the island afterwards found by columbus and named espanola came forlornly back getting as far only as madeira here so the tradition ran the pilot of the ship together with such of the crew as survived debarked but the crew famished and sick all died leaving only the pilot then he too died in the house of columbus but not before he had imparted to his host the amazing story of his voyage and had given to him his log and a chart of his route be the truth of these two traditions what it may it is a well-settled fact that in portugal columbus met pilots and captains and was enabled to accompany portuguese expeditions down the coast of africa i was he says at the fortress of st george of the mine belonging to the king of portugal which lies below the equinoctial line the object of such voyages was largely the discovery of new islands the canaries and the madeiras the outermost of the azores and the cape verde group all were treasure trove of the fifteenth century and there might well be others in these times indeed islands rose smiling to greet the discoverer on his approach nay more where actual islands were not forthcoming imaginary ones developed in their stead but were these isles as mythical and imaginary as they were represented the question is pertinent for upon the answer depends in good measure what we shall think of the nature of the incentive which underlay the voyage of fourteen ninety two the voyage resulting in the discovery of america the very appearance of islands like antilia salvaggio Rayella and insula in mar on charts such for example as the 
beccaria of fourteen thirty five attests the prevalence of a tradition and that a mature one that such a group existed such a tradition could probably have had but one origin chance voyages across the atlantic from europe to north america and especially to the west india islands of north america indeed in fourteen seventy four or fourteen seventy five fernayo tellius sought the mythical antilia sometimes called the isle of the seven cities under express warrant from the king of portugal alfonso v and in his journal of fourteen ninety two columbus records that many honourable spanish gentlemen of the canary group declared that every year they saw land to the west of the canaries again he records that in fourteen eighty four when he was in portugal a man dominguez do arco came to the king john the second from the island of madeira to beg for a caravel to go to this island that was seen and that the same thing the existence of an island in the west was affirmed in the azores how therefore there might arise a story true or false of a shipwrecked pilot who gave to columbus the clue to the finding of the island of espanola may readily be perceived but concerning stories of and by pilots more anon columbus had now acquired some knowledge of the theory and art of navigation and incidentally some knowledge of latin and having made up his mind and as had tellius before him that in the atlantic to the west there yet remained islands and lands to be discovered he obtained an audience with the king of portugal and laid before him a definite proposal he asked for three caravels equipped and supplied for a year and in the event of lands being found for the viceroyalty and perpetual government therein a tenth of the income therefrom the rank of nobleman and the title of grand admiral according to portuguese chroniclers writing in the sixteenth century the particular land columbus had in view was simpangu or japan but whatever columbus may have disclosed or reserved with respect to japan or with respect to antilia at this first interview with the portuguese king so affronted was the monarch by what he felt to be the vanity and presumption of the petitioner that he promptly referred his plea to a council of three experts by whom after some deliberation it was dismissed thereupon columbus late in fourteen eighty five or early in fourteen eighty six left portugal for spain at this point in the fortunes of christopher columbus there arises for consideration a peculiar circumstance columbus had a double the well-known cosmographer of nuremberg martin Behaime like columbus this man was born near the middle of the fifteenth century like him he lacked university training like him his early activities were commercial like him he settled in portugal fourteen eighty to eighty four like him he voyaged to africa like him he was identified with an atlantic island fayal 
in his case and married the daughter of the governor like him he was busied with nautical studies in lisbon like him he was not highly regardful of veracity and finally like him he died in neglect early in the sixteenth century Bahiam, however unlike columbus was of patrician ancestry was instructed in the use of nautical instruments became a knight of portugal and at lisbon had the entree to aristocratic and scientific circles the extent of his geographical knowledge may be inferred from a globe which he completed at nuremberg in fourteen ninety two before the return of columbus from his first voyage his authorities included aristotle and strabo ptolemy marcus polo and sir john mandeville but his chief authority was pierre dailly whose imago mundi world survey written in fourteen ten formed a compendium of the geographical and cosmographical notions of authors such as marinus of tyre and afragonus the arabian to put the matter briefly the ideas of pierre dailly and marco polo are strikingly expressed in this globe which shows cathay and india both marked rich opposite to portugal and africa and about a hundred and twenty degrees west of the cape verde islands and the azores instead of the actual distance of over two hundred degrees cathay is thus brought forward nearly to the position of california Sipango, sipangu or japan marked as especially rich falls athwart the position of mexico while antilia lies northeast of the position of haiti or espanola and st brandon occupies in part the position of northern south america but why did bahaim take pains to construct a globe the answer is clear he had recently fourteen eighty six adventured in a project to confirm his geographical ideas he had attempted a secret voyage westward to asia in partnership with two fellow-islanders fernandulmo of terceira a navigator and Yawo, alfonso estrito of madeira his patron the enterprise had failed and yet he did not wish his ideas to be lost or appropriated by another concerning columbus however the important question is was he indebted to bahaim for his own ideas of cosmography for the idea especially of a small earth it would hardly seem so the two men may have met in portugal but even if they had each at the time was guarding a secret or the approaches to one columbus that of islands perchance of a specific island to be discovered and bahaim that of a scheme for exploiting asia that not very much confidential communication between them was likely under the circumstances may be conjectured columbus according to his own statement entered spain after fourteen years spent in vain labours in portugal as a matter of fact his stay there did not at the utmost exceed ten years probably only five or six he came accompanied by his son diego for felipa beautiful daughter of the convent of saints had probably died soon after diego's birth furthermore he quitted portugal for what reason may never be known secretly at night in spain columbus's first objective was palos here at the monastery of la ribida 
whose guardian antonio de marchena the future discoverer is said to have known in portugal he found lodgings for himself and a temporary home for his son the supposition is that at palos which as a seaport was the resort of mariners and where there were many portuguese columbus counted upon obtaining special information with regard to the landfall of some particular early voyage or voyages into the west but if palos was columbus's first objective in spain his second was the court of the spanish sovereigns ferdinand and isabella to these personages columbus worked his way so to speak by the influence of the duke of medina sile who had wealth and who at first contemplated assuming in the schemes of columbus a role not unlike that of estrito in the project of bahaim but coming to realize that the affair was one to be accomplished successfully only under royal patronage the duke applied to the sovereigns who commanded that columbus himself be sent to court cordova now for some time had been the seat of government and here columbus arrived on january twenty fourteen eighty six the sovereigns were then absent but returned at the end of april or first of may and the coveted audience took place what occurred is not known presumably ferdinand and isabella after a courteous hearing smilingly put by the question of exploration for they referred it to the queen's confessor hernando de talavera an ecclesiastic by no means ungenerous or bigoted with instructions to summon a council for its consideration as for the council not a soul who was a member ever revealed aught of its composition or doings save dr rodrigo de maldonado who says that men of science and mariners were in attendance no less than literary men and theologues and that columbus himself was subjected to interrogation talavera's council conferred at intervals for five years often at salamanca and at length late in fourteen ninety reported adversely for columbus and the sovereigns accepted the report in the life of the great italian adventurer our future discoverer and admiral these five years are among the most interesting and significant they mark it is true a moral and material decline but like the first years in portugal they mark an intellectual advance while awaiting action by the council columbus was retained at court and encouraged by occasional donations of money donations appearing on record as made to a stranger occupied with certain affairs relative to the service of their highnesses the sums in all came to five hundred and ten dollars one hundred and seventy thousand maravedis but small as they were they had altogether ceased by fourteen eighty eight in that year it was or at the end of fourteen eighty seven the preceding year that columbus for a second time fell victim to feminine attractions the maiden like his first bride philippa was young eighteen or twenty years old possessed a beautiful name beatrix enriquez and doubtless a beautiful person but unlike philippa she was humble of birth and very poor 
so lowly indeed was she that columbus did not stoop to take her in marriage but formed with her a liaison the result of which was the birth about august fifteen fourteen eighty eight of his second son and future biographer ferdinand between the date just given and the spring of fourteen eighty nine columbus would seem to have gone back to portugal under a safe conduct from john the second but why he went if he did go is unknown and by may twelfth fourteen eighty nine he was again in spain and in attendance upon ferdinand and isabella at the siege of baza thenceforth however until the final rejection of his project by the sovereigns in fourteen ninety he drops from view excepting as we are accorded glimpses of him gaining bread for himself and beatrix in cordova by limbing marine charts wherein he evidently had been instructed by his brother bartholomew and by selling printed books the vending of printed books may have meant much in that intellectual advance which has been spoken of as characterizing for the discoverer to be the days sombre or hectic through which he was now passing some years before his brother had fallen on hard times bartholomew columbus had betaken himself from portugal where he had witnessed the return of the great portuguese captain bartholomew diaz from his discovery of the cape of good hope to enlist the aid of king henry the seventh of england in his brother christopher's project then abandoning england he had recourse in turn to france and now was making himself agreeable at the court of charles the eighth thither columbus determined to follow him but his departure was prevented by a visit which he paid to palos to the monastery of la rabida to make further arrangements for the care of his son diego this visit unlike the first does not seem to have been inspired by a specific wish for light upon voyages with strange landfalls under strange pilots columbus was poverty-stricken and for once discouraged with what cheer he might he met his friend the former guardian antonio de marchina and also perhaps for the first time the officiating guardian juan perez once confessor to queen isabella by these three under the stimulating zeal of the monks a plan was contrived columbus should thoroughly canvass the maritime section having palace for a centre for all possible information regarding pioneer voyages into the sea of darkness the first seaman to be sought out and catechized was pedro de velasco a pilot of palace himself next after velasco an unnamed pilot of the port of santa maria near cadiz was visited he had sailed west from ireland and had he thought sighted the coasts of tartary not improbably labrador finally a second pilot domiciled in palace pedro vasquez de la frontera was waited upon it what was gathered from him was suggestive indeed between fourteen sixty and fourteen seventy five he had made a voyage into the west with a prince of portugal to discover new lands their purpose was to sail straight west but encountering that vast field of marine herbage known as the sargasso sea he had turned back at this time in palace the most important man of maritime affairs was the head of the family of pinzon martin alonso best known and bravest of captains and pilots 
and to him columbus would first have addressed himself had not this mariner been absent with a cargo of sardines at rome as it was columbus awaited his return eagerly pinzone as it chanced was at this juncture cherishing a project of his own for exploring to the west and while in rome had sought light at the library of pope innocent the eighth upon lands in the ocean sea there he had seen a map and a book both of which in the form of copies no doubt he had brought with him these documents according to pinzone's son pinzone the father not only submitted to columbus but gave into his hands furthermore pinzone and columbus now went together to the house of pedro vasquez de la frontera and got him to repeat the tale of how with a prince of portugal he had sailed west as far as the sargasso sea from before which he had recoiled it was necessary to brave this obstacle said vasquez because by not doing so the prince had failed to find land if on meeting the sargasso sea one would but keep straight on it would be impossible that land should not be found how on his voyage in fourteen ninety two columbus made use of a chart whereon he himself had depicted certain islands how this chart was passed back and forth between him and martin alonso pinzon and how apropos of the impending landfall one of the pilots spoke to columbus of indications from your book are incidents well known nor is it less well known that on this voyage after encountering the sargasso sea columbus despite protest braved the obstacle and kept straight on literally on and on following as nearly as he could the twenty-eighth parallel till land rewarded his perseverance not long after the return of martin alonso panzon from rome guardian juan perez and perhaps pinzon also wrote to queen isabella asking a further hearing for columbus and his project the request was granted and perez was summoned to court at santa fe before granada he set out in a manner truly colombian alone on a mule secretly at low midnight he was soon empowered to invite columbus to join him in december the latter came ferdinand and isabella were in receptive mood granada was about to fall and spain to be delivered from the moor for ever a council was ordered one like talavera's composed of philosophers astrologers cosmographers seamen and pilots with talavera's council however the primary consideration had been the theoretical feasibility of columbus's project with the new council it was the practical question of ways and means that gave pause columbus repeating with emphasis the terms submitted to king john the second of portugal demanded of ferdinand and isabella a patent of nobility the admiralty of the ocean the viceroyalty and government of all lands discovered and a commission of ten per cent upon everything within the limits of his admiralty which might be bought exchanged found or gained that in addition he should demand three caravels to cost possibly two million maravedis six thousand dollars was by comparison trifling 
in after years the discoverer of america was wont to complain that in his struggle for recognition in spain everybody had derided him save two monks marchena and perez derided he no doubt was but the cause perhaps was not so much his belief in problematical islands and lands as his demand for rewards rewards which if granted would raise him to a dizzy height to a point of rank power and riches next to that of the throne itself as in fourteen eighty six so in fourteen ninety two in the month of january to which we are now come columbus was dismissed a second time from the spanish court and departed sorrowing the royal flag streamed from the towers of the alhambra for granada had fallen but in this event our genoese took little interest his course led him toward cordova for here was beatrix enriquez with ferdinand now in his fourth year and here must now be brought diego ten or twelve years old from la rabida again it must have been france his last hope among the nations with which the thoughts of columbus were busy be that as it may when but two leagues from granada who should overtake him but a royal constable sent post-haste by the queen with orders for his return his demands one and all would be complied with what specifically it was that induced the spanish sovereigns to change their minds may be only inferred whether it was proof of actual islands to the west proof secretly confided to columbus at palos no one knows whatever it was the lost cause was powerfully pleaded before isabella by luis de santangel treasurer of aragon and before ferdinand by juan cabrera his chamberlain and by juan diego of deza preceptor of to prince john the risk was small the possibilities for god and the realm were incalculable such we are told was the reasoning especially was it the reasoning of st angel and so wrought upon by it was isabella that seized with enthusiasm she is said to have tendered her jewels priceless gems that they were in security for money for the enterprise what manner of navigator was this genoese this christopher columbus by whom this vast enterprise had been conceived and by whom it was to be carried out he was indeed no stranger to the sea for he had been to chios in the east to africa in the south and to england in the north to use his own words i have traversed the sea for twenty-three years without leaving it for any time worth counting and i saw all the levant and the west azores etc and the north which is the way to england and i have been to guinea in nautical skill the scientific feature of seafaring columbus according to the most competent opinion was however little advanced he claimed that on his guinea trips he had verified alfraganus's calculation of the length of a degree on the equator at fifty-six and two-thirds italian miles but aside from the fact that at the period of these trips fourteen eighty two to eighty four he could hardly have known of alfraganus or his calculation for he then presumably knew nothing of the imago mundi of pierre d'ailly 
a book possibly not then even published there remains the further fact that verification was a process quite too complex for any means at his disposal his claim therefore tends only to prove him guilty of what a stanch admirer does not hesitate to characterize as insufferable braggadocio but daunted as little by the obstacle of ignorance as by other obstacles the would-be discoverer held unflinchingly to his role and when all was over and the triumph won could bring himself to say i had from our lord a spirit of intelligence in regard to navigation he made me very intelligent of astrology he gave me what was sufficient and also of geometry and arithmetic he gave me an ingenious mind and hands apt in designing this sphere and upon it the cities mountains and the rivers the islands and harbours all in their proper place in this time i saw and studied diligently all the books of cosmography history and of philosophy and of other sciences yet for all this confidence if the voyage of fourteen ninety two had depended on the technical knowledge of columbus its history would be brief indeed had it not been for martin alonso pinzon it would never have been made in that year pinzon we may recall was in fourteen ninety two the chief citizen of palos after the spanish sovereigns had decided to sanction and subvention the colombian undertaking they gave decree that of the three caravels required two should be furnished by the town of palos in discharge of a feudal liability to the crown and columbus on the twelfth of may set out from granada to make sure of the vessels the pending expedition was unpopular in itself and still more unpopular in that its admiral was a foreigner but at length columbus obtained the three caravels the pinta the nina and the santa maria capitania so far well or fairly well and then a balk the seamen of palos unanimously and persistently refused to embark to them the project was perilous chimerical and vain a subject of derision columbus had papers for the impressment of criminals but to escape this necessity he went to pinzon who supplied the sailors on being assured of some share in the enterprise End of chapter two part one